I'm going to preach to you this morning out of the longest sermon Jesus ever preached. And since he's the one who's doing the preaching, that gives it authority. That gives it significance. And so I want to, you look, look in your Bible at chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, for just a moment. Chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1 and 2. We'd like to welcome all you folks who are joining us by way of television and radio all over the world, wherever you are. And uh, if you don't have any water, come to Texas. We have plenty for just a little while. Verse 1, and seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up to the mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, now, chapter 5 is part of that sermon. Chapter 6 is a part of that sermon. Chapter 7 is a part of that sermon that Jesus is preaching. Let me give you the conclusion of the message. Chapter 7, and in your Bible, verse number 13. He's speaking to his disciples. He spent three chapters preaching the sermon, as we know, on the mount. He's concluding the message. And many times and most times, the conclusion is the most important part of the message. And he says in verse number 13, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. How narrow is that gate? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come with me. So I say that's pretty narrow. You can't get there through Muhammad. You can't get there through Buddha. Buddha couldn't get in a narrow gate anyhow. You can't get there through Joseph Smith. You can't get there through Marietta or Glader, Becker, White, whatever she'll be the next time she gets married, if she comes back. Jesus is the way. He is the only way. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And in concluding the teaching to his disciples, Jesus talks about Two gates. Notice he said in verse 15, you folk need to beware of some things. Beware of false prophets. On television from California, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. 
You shall know them by their fruits. Talks about fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. How narrow is this thing called Christianity? A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. What kind of fruit you got hanging? You know them by their fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruit you shall know them. Maybe he's trying to tell us something. Watch this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody in church going to heaven today. You said, you think only Baptists are going? No, I don't think half of them are going. Not everyone carries the King James Bible is going to heaven. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name hath cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. How do I know? What kind of fruit you got hanging? Having a little trouble going to church, are you? Read your Bible lately? Have any desire, spiritual desire, to be what God wants you to be? Not everyone. Saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Now don't miss that. You need to underline that. Doeth them. You need to start doing these if you're going to heaven. You don't do these to get to heaven. You do these as response of a new nature you get when you get born again. Amen? Now he's just concluding the sermon. Now don't get mad at me. He's preaching it, not me. Say amen. Thank you, Brother Marshall. You only did that because I pay you. <laughs> Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded 
on the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. Now watch it. Doeth them not. Well, I don't have to tithe. Doeth them not. I can, go to, I can be a good Christian without going to church and doeth them not. Smitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God and doeth them not. Just what is your doeth them not? Because they that doeth them not is building a house upon the sand. And the Bible said the winds will blow, did it not? The winds will blow and the rain will descend. The floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, watch this, the people were astonished at his doctrine or his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I like to read this book. I like to read this book because I get encouragement out of this book. I get direction out of this book. I get exhortation out of this book. I get rebuke out of this book. And whenever I'm down in the dumps, I know just where to go to get the right verses. This book is filled with some of the most beautiful sayings and the most beautiful truths and the most beautiful verses in all the Bible, all the world. For instance, you cannot beat John 3, 16. I'm so glad that God so loved this old world. Aren't you glad of that? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me tell you something. I have not felt loved in some years of my life. In some areas of my life, there's been a, a lot of a lacking, I guess, I, I, I suppose. And everybody here needs to feel like they belong or love. And when everybody else goes out, thank God Jesus comes in. Amen. And I can go to the Word of God and see just how much this old country boy is loved. I think about the long-suffering of God. And boy, do I need the long-suffering God. The Bible said the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering to usward. Anybody here needs the long-suffering patience of God? Amen. If I was God, I'd already stepped on you like you was a pimple. Right. You'd just squirt it all over the place. And you said, yes, and if I was God, I'd knock you out too. Thank God we're not God. I am glad that God is long-suffering to us, amen, not willing that any should perish. And he waited around until old Sean got right with God and brought him to repentance and he got saved. Are you glad for the long-suffering of God? Man, I love verses like that, talking about the love of God, the long-suffering of God, and the watch care of God. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He leadeth me. He guideth me. He protects me. I like what the little kid said, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. Amen. Amen. Uh, you say, well, that's not right. Sure, it's right. If you've got Jesus, that's all you want. You don't need nothing else. And there's a lot of good, lovely, encouraging scriptures. Uh, scriptures like a no-so salvation. 
These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you might know you have eternal life. I ask folk all the time, if you died today, you know you're going to heaven. Well, I hope so. Maybe so. I think so. Mama said so. Daddy said so. The preacher said so. Oh, shut up. What does the Bible say? The Bible says we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt we have eternal life. Aren't you glad of that? A no so. Man, I tell you, when I get down the dumps, I don't run the verses like the text. I take off to them. It makes me feel good. Amen. I wish there's one in there telling how pretty somebody was. I like verses like I've got a mansion over the hilltop. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house are many manufactured housing. House trailers with wheels on it. The educated says they're rooms. The King James says mansions. I've got all the rooms, manufactured housing, wheels I want down here. When I move there, I want it to be permanent. Amen. Thank God for a mansion just over the hilltop. Thank God. And if I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Can you imagine 2,000 years ago, the master carpenter of all the universe went to heaven, began to work on my mansion. Man, can you imagine what it's going to look like when he did all this in seven days? Now, that ought to blow your joint. Oh, you ought not be talking about joints. (laughs) This book is filled with beautiful verses. Behold, what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. It does not appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be made like him. Beloved, Now are we the sons of God. (laughs) Can anybody say amen? Amen. Man, I've got watch care. I am loved. I have a home in heaven. I've been saved and I know it. And I'm loved by the God of Almighty God. I like verses like, and he shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Trust in the Lord Jehovah for in him is everlasting strength. Can anybody say amen? You can't get peace out of a bottle. You got to get it out of the Bible. Oh, let me tell you something. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Man, I tell you, I love God. Thank God for all of this. Huh? And then we come to what I heard someone call several years ago the most terrible text in all the Bible. Many, not everyone, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in that name? The folks he's talking about could quote all those verses I quoted for you a while ago. In thy name have done many wonderful works. Then I'll profess I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. 
That has got to be the most terrible thing. I've sat in my office and I've heard some cruel, piercing words spoken by husbands and wives. I've heard things that like a sharp knife just cut to the very soul of a wife. And the husband has said, I don't love you any longer. I have a girlfriend. I want a divorce. That hurts. I've sat and watched the doctor tell the family it's terminal. He'll call in hospice soon. And I've seen their expression and their emotions wrung. And tears begin to fall. I've heard some terrible things said. I told you last week somebody met me in my office one morning after I got through preaching and said, Preacher, I was talking to the Lord this morning. He told me it was time for you to leave. Somebody left, all right. (laughs) But you'll never hear anything that will so collapse the very soul of a human being is when a church member, a Sunday school teacher, a bus worker, a choir member stands before God and he says, what you doing here? I don't know you. Is there anybody here? You said, now preacher, I, 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 I think you're trying to get me to doubt my salvation. No, if you doubt it, you ain't got it. And by the way, it's not yours to begin with. It's his. David said, Lord, return unto me the joy of thy salvation, not my salvation. He did it. He died. He came. He bled. He paid the price. He was buried. He rose again. He's coming back. You don't have anything to do with it. You just better get on the right ship. You better get saved. What do you mean saved? Old-fashioned King James Bible saved that produces righteous fruit, God-honoring fruit, temperate fruit, godly fruit, Because just because you said some words years ago don't mean anything except you knew how to pray years ago. Is anybody here? You say, well, I don't know about this. Well, let me just show you something. Look at verse 21 and 22. I'll show you how easy it is to deceive a human being. How many folk do you think had bought the Golden Gate Bridge? 
How many of you think gave to the wounded warriors? It's a good cause. Run by crooked men. Easy. Easy. Notice verse 21. The Bible says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many, not few, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And uh, in thy name cast out devils? I've never done that. In fact, somebody asked me to cast out a devil one time. I said, okay, when we get it out, what are we going to do with it? You read over there in the book of Acts where Skaven, renegades, Jews cast that devil out and he jumped on seven of them, ripped their clothes off and run them down the street naked. I like my clothes just where they are. And done many wonderful works in my name. Here's a crowd that by all means thought they were saved. They had been taught they were saved. They had been told they were saved. They had a full head and an empty heart. They were heavy on knowledge and light on experience. If you don't feel saved, you might not be saved. I feel saved. But I am not saved because I feel it. I'm saved because of the fact of God's word and I've obeyed what God's word said. Now, I have the fact because I have the fact, I have a feeling. But don't get that backwards. Can you say amen? Just because you listen to the right kind of music and Andrew's singing and you feel like raising your hand, you say, I must be saved. No, the fact of God's word is you need to be saved the old-fashioned King James Bible way and that's repent and get saved by faith. It's easy to deceive a human being. I used to have a, a porcupine running dog. You ain't had one of them. Let me sell you one. It'll, it, it'll do something for you. And we were bear hunting, and I got real sick and tired of that dog catching porcupines because I'd have to pull them quills out of his mouth, his mouth and face and that'd take all day long. But we were riding a truck down through California Mountain and the dog was out in front of the truck and what's supposed to happen if there's a bear across the road, down the road, this bear's going down the road, he can smell maybe 100 yards off the road and if he peels off the road, he's got a bear going and hide yours, hide yours, ever. We going bear hunting and that's good. He peeled off the road, and the other dog didn't go. So myself, I said, self, another porcupine. So I got my pistol. I was going to shoot the porcupine. No, I wasn't. I was going to shoot the dog. And he got baited up down there in a bunch of brush. Boy, he just, I said, dear Lord, hope that porcupine killed him. And I went running in there with that pistol out and yelled, and a bear stood up and, that's why 
I'm retarded. <laughs> see how easy, see how easy it is to fool us. The Bible says in Timothy, Eve was deceived, being reprobate. If the devil can do that to your great grandmother and con her in to being deceived, you think maybe he could con us? Many have been deceived, verse 13, verse 22. And I say to you today, I'm not a judge, but I'm a fruit inspector. And some of you folk got the wrong fruit hanging on the tree. You say, well, you're trying to make me mad. I'm trying to get you right. Listen to me. It's easy to be deceived. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is the light, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. We make him a liar. It's easy to deceive ourselves. A school teacher I read about recently made an investment, invested just about all of her earnings in, in an investment. She lost her money. I mean, she got swindled by it. So she went to the Better Business Bureau and began to complain about her losing all of her money. And the people at the Better Business Bureau said, well, when did you learn that there was a place called the Better Business Bureau? She said, I've known it all along. They said, why didn't you come to us before you made the investment? She said, because I knew you'd talk me out of it. Is anybody here? We deceive ourselves. The Bible says very plain in 1 John, in 2 John 2 and 7, many deceivers are going out into the world. Con men. The Bible calls... Satan, he who deceives the whole world. Oh, we need to be so careful. How many of you think were deceived when it started raining in Genesis 6? How many said, Noah, you're an idiot? How many for 120 years laughed at old Noah as he built up ark for the saving of his house? Could have been three billion folk on the face of the earth that day and all of them were deceived and said, it ain't rained before, so why would it rain now? It's easy to be deceived. Oh, it's a terrible thing. The prodigal son had his thing going, did he not? He looked, he looked over there at uh, lost wages. 
San Francisco. He said, man, if I could get over there, I'd have it made. I'd have friends that you just don't know about. And he found himself in the hog pen, eating slop for the hogs. Well, I won't be deceived, I know that. Only I'm stupid enough to be deceived. Years ago, I was living in Brownwood. Had to move because David run his truck through the house and tore it up. So we had to get in frontier land. We had to build an underground house and stuff. <laughs> I think I had about uh, 15 or 20 rifles. Of course, my son is a jeweler, and you know he got me, got me healed. See that? So I had some rings. Had a coon hunting friend. He come to me one day and said, Preacher, I need to borrow $100 to go see my mama. I said, sure. I gave him $100. I didn't know he had stole all my rifles and taken them to Alabama to sell them. Easy, easy, easy. David Bickerson, our missionary to, Old Mexico, to, to Canada. Old Mexico playing golf. Got us a caddy. Was hoping nobody was around watching that little boy carrying both of them bags and us walking around, I reckon, I was sharp. About the ninth hole, I looked at David and I said, David, is the little boy saved? David said, how should I know? I said, how are you going to know if you don't ask? David went over. He asked the boy. He said, are you saved? He said, yes, sir. I am. Okay, good. He came back and said, he's saved. I said, that's great. I said, won't you ask him to explain it to you? He went over. He said, young man, tell me about when you were saved. Okay. He said, my, me and my little brother playing basketball out in the front yard. Ball took an uncertain bounce, hit the driveway, bounced out in the street. I went out in the street to get it, and just I bent over to pick it up. Car screeched right up in front of me, and that day I was saved. I said, David, that going to get him to heaven? He said, no, but this Bible will, and David led him to Christ right there. It's easy to deceive. I bet you can even look back a day or two since you've been deceived. In the light of that, let me tell you, we need to be absolutely sure that we're saved. If you were going to make sure that you're saved, where would you look? Mike, you away. Sean, am I saved? You say, I have no idea. He has no idea if I'm saved or not. He don't act, I mean, yeah, he acts like it. But your wife don't know if you're saved or not. Just you and God knows if you're saved or not. Nobody else knows. You've said it ain't nobody else's business. That's fine and good. But are you? Where would you go to find out? I mean, if the next boat was leaving today, 
Before three o'clock, what would you do at two to make sure you get on board? You say, I go to church. Well, maybe I can comb your toenails for that. It'd be a shame if you'd be in church this morning and in hell tonight. What kind of preacher would I be to preach you into a place you're not going? You say it'll be embarrassing. It'll be a lot more embarrassing when you wake up in hell being tormented in those flames. Where would you go? What would you do? Jesus said, well, let me help you a little bit. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. We're so meticulous and careful about the temporal, are we not? How many of us have insurance of some kind? Raise your hand. I'm going to raise your hand. We're not, I'm, not going to get, I'm not going to ask you to stand up and give me, make me a beneficiary. Be careful about that, aren't we? It's against the law not to have insurance in a car. We're so careful about our insurance. What's your credit rating? We're so careful. Careful, careful, careful. Yes, we are. I wonder, is your mortgage paid? When's it due? Do you have to look at the calendar or maybe you know right off when it is? I just wonder, register to vote. Service your automobile regularly. Have vacation plans and pay your taxes. But I wonder, are you as careful about eternity? Where would you go? The Bible said, search the scriptures. John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they that testify of me. Scripturally. Why are you saved? These things have I written. If you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you might know you have eternal life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen? Now, I can't, I can't tell you the date. I have a friend that can tell you the date. I can tell you the place. I can tell you the day that I was made a new creature in Christ. It was on Thursday night on my couch. I slid off of my couch, a hell-raising, beer-drinking, chicken-fighting, coon-hunting, ex-jailbird, and I got up a saved, born-again, completely saved, changed individual and hadn't had a hangover since. <laughs> if any man be in Christ, 
He is a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't know, but I hope and I pray that you've been to Christ and he's made you a brand new creature. And it just didn't work that night. You're still doing it. Amen? Well, I thought this would be a better sermon than this, but it's kind of like a pregnant pole vault that got hung someplace going over the bar. Number one, easy to deceive people. Number two, you need to make absolutely sure. Now watch this, I'm done. The reason this has got to be the most terrible text in all the Bible because it nullifies the idea there ain't no place called hell. Preacher, you don't preach on hell on Sunday morning. I do. Well, I ain't coming back. Well, you're going to get your shuck lit today. As I read this text, I see the certainty of eternal punishment and banishment from the presence of God. Imagine how evil our world is getting. It's worse today than when I was a kid. You say it's not either, it's just we have mass media and all. No, it's worse today than it was when I was a kid. Believe me, it's worse today than it was when I was a kid. I mean, things that happened today would embarrass me before I got saved. And I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, the reason this is a terrible, horrible text is because a lot of people who think that heaven is their home is going to hear these words. Watch this. Then shall he say unto them, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to life eternal. I don't know if you know it or not, but hell is not something you monkey with. Did you know that there's not an atheist in hell? Took them about two seconds to become a believer. And did you know that everybody's there is surprised they made it? Nobody plans on going to hell. Had one fellow one time I was trying to win the Lord down at the hawk shop. You say, what are you doing at the hawk shop? Hawking my golf clubs. You say, why were you hawking your golf clubs? I'm a preacher. I was broke. And this 
little fellow behind the, the counter knew I was a preacher. He said, hey, preacher, <clears throat> why are you doing hockey and golf clubs? I said, I need the money. He said, why don't God take care of you? I said, he did. He gave me the golf clubs. <laughs> Probably taking care of me, getting rid of the dumb things, amen? No better than I can play. And I said, by the way, are you a Christian? You know what he said to me? He said, I'd rather go to hell and spend eternity in heaven with you bunch of hypocrites. You know, I've had a lot of soul winning seminars and I never had an answer for that one. And I said, you mean to tell me you'd rather go to hell as to go to heaven? You got that right. He's smoking a cigar. I don't know which is sucking on which. I just know there's smoke coming out between them. I said, sir, can I borrow your lighter, please? He said, sure. Well, you'll do it. He had one of them flamethrowers, you know. <laughs> flame shoot out there by the foot. I lit that thing and I put it on full blast. I grabbed his coat and started sitting on fire. He started cussing, slapping, running from me. I said, you're a stinking liar. You can't even stand your coat on fire. And you're going to go to hell? You're a hypocrite. You're a liar. You say, what did he do? He shot me dead right there. <laughs> no, you don't want to go to hell. You better make sure. Revelation 14, verse 10. And the smoke of their torment sendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night. Revelation 20, verse 15, and whosoever not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Revelation 21, 8, and all liars, and on and on, and whoremongers, so on and so on, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Let's not get so familiar with the love of God we forget all about the justice of God. Someone said to me, well, how could a God of love send anybody to hell? The same way a good judge will send someone to the death chamber. It's not the judge's responsibility it's the actions of the criminal. Are you listening? Hell is a literal place. Luke 16, verse 19, in hell he lift up his eyes, then he torment. Hell is an eternal place. The smoke of the torment that sendeth up forever and ever. Hell is an avoidable place. Are you glad of that? Our Lord is not slack concerning his promise. But as long suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but you know the rest of it? All should come to repentance. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The wages of sin is death. You know the rest of it? But the gift of God 
is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you sure? What kind of fruit's hanging on the tree? What's coming from the heart? Is there a new creature, a new nature living down there now? If there's not, you need to come to Christ. It'd be a terrible thing to be in church this morning and to hell this evening.